This podcast is sponsored by Aurora Packaging Solutions, a global packaging solutions provider leading the transition to a more sustainably packaged future. They specialize in developing packaging and visual communication solutions that reduce the impact on the environment and bring sustainability goals to life. With a focus on partnership and service, they create a custom solution for your business. To learn more, please visit www.orapackaging.com. Welcome to Sustainable Packaging with Corey Connors. I'm very excited to introduce my good friend, Liz Bothwell, who is the head of content and marketing at Informa. Hi, Liz. Hi, Corey. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for being on. Uh, you and I met during the Waste 360 preparation conference, and you weren't able to make it. So this is actually the first time we're, we're seeing each other. Very cool to actually finally get to meet you in, in you know, even online. <laughs> exactly. And we've always been on Clubhouse together. So we've no- only known each other's voices, right? <laughs> right, right. Great to finally see you. So can you tell us, Liz, about your your background and how you got into packaging and sustainability and the whole thing? Absolutely. So on the sustainability front, about nine years ago, someone I, I used to work with needed help on the Waste360 brand. And I gave a listen. I wasn't sure what I thought at that point, because prior to that, I was I was in other industries and things. And after speaking with her, I realized, wow, this is a fascinating industry. And I decided to go ahead and, and help them on the Waste360 brand, which led to Waste Expo and a number of other events. And I was so thrilled to be there because initially when we chatted, I thought, okay, it's not glamorous, but it's certainly recession proof, right? (laughs) (laughs) Wait a second. Recycling isn't glamorous. Uh, So, but the more I learned about it now being in at nine, almost 10 years is that this industry is remarkable. I mean, it is, it could be a case study in business from the entrepreneurs to the grassroots companies all the way up to the public multi-billion dollar companies and everything in between. And it has just been fascinating to watch because over this decade as well, there has been just an influx of innovation and technology from AI and robotics onwards. So it's been, it's been great to, to witness this and, and watch the industry evolve as well. That's very exciting. I totally agree. There's so many things going on in a very positive direction, including government oversight and finally getting some money pumped in to help us with recycling and companies that are absolutely embracing sustainability. And it's just, it's very exciting. Um, You mentioned uh, Waste360 and Waste Expo, which I was a speaker at with Jonathan, Jonathan Quinn. Can you tell us about that event and what you have planned for next year? Absolutely. So let me just tell everyone what Waste360 is, because I neglected to say that when I was talking about how I got into it. Waste360 is the leading news and analysis provider for the waste recycling and organics industry. It's been around for more than 50 years. We used to have a print publication, but now everything's online. We have a podcast, video series, a bunch of newsletters, waste360.com, and a lot of other ways to bring content to folks. Uh, a part of that brand is Waste Expo. Now this event is huge. Uh, that's where you work, Corey. Normally in a non-COVID year, it would draw nearly 15,000 attendees and 600 plus exhibitors. And it's just the place to be. It's the annual reunion for waste and recycling folks. It has just been 
this amazing place. ride and then we have other smaller sort of co-located events and everything in between so it's been it's been a fun ride and waste expo is scheduled for 22 and it's may 9th through the 12th and you were part of sustainability talks which newly launched this year and that was born out of just where we were where we are in the world around sustainability and specifically for that audience where the waste and recycling role is within it and how we could help really build a more sustainable planet for for us and many others so it's an amazing job that you guys are doing and particularly you you're like famous there everyone kept talking about this this amazing Liz Bothwell, who's not here, but she's so uh, <laughs> integral to the whole system. So thank you for your hard work there. Oh, thank and you. thank you again for inviting me to speak. Will it be in Vegas again next year? It will. It's in Vegas and we're really looking forward to it. The planning has already begun. We've sent out our call for speakers. We already have as many exhibitors signed up that were in the 21 event. So we're, we're super excited to bring everyone another fabulous event and just really reconnect, especially the folks who were still in lockdown. We're hoping the world is a, a, a freer place at that point and we can see more of our friends from Canada and beyond. Yeah, I think my, I think my favorite part was the, the question and answer part of Jonathan and I's uh, talk. So maybe that could be expanded next year. Do a little bit more time for something like that would be because People had really interesting questions, and I felt like we were able to answer them fairly well. Definitely. And that was a highlight. You're absolutely right. And people were super engaged. And everyone has a ton of questions, right, Corey? It's like, we're all entering this, and we're coming from different perspectives. You and Jonathan, Jonathan from Flexible Packaging, you for Corrugated, and us from, you know, End of Life. And bringing all these stakeholders together is so important so that we all meet our end goals. So yeah, I'll take that under advisement because I think you're right. And we've heard that from others too. I think that's the real value is that Q&A and that interaction. People were very eager to raise hands and I felt like we, we could have even had more time there. So I'm excited for that. So this is a question I'm asking everyone that's on my podcast and I'd love to know your thoughts. Can packaging be sustainable? I sure hope so. I mean, we have to to think that it can be and we have to work toward that goal. And I think all of us, I, I think the first thing we need to do, and it's so obvious, but I have to state it, is look at current packaging, what it looks like, materials being used. Do we need so many materials? Do, I mean, there's so much over packaging going on. And I know you've included that in some of your, your TikToks as well. It's, it's so shameful to see the waste that's already happening. If all of us could just stop some of that right now, it would already be a much bigger win than what we have right now. And then I, yes, absolutely. I think it can be more sustainable. Look, is there a challenge? Yes. And I, when I talk to people like you and other packaging experts, it's, you, you all want to do the best that you can, but you are limited in what can be used in order the, for a consumer to order, they want it to arrive safely, right? So you can't sacrifice um, support and other things in your packaging to get it to them. But certainly we can look at everything with a fresh eye and say, what can we do 
and who can help along the way. So I certainly think so. And I think there's enough materials now that can be used and reused and, and start from there. Decreasing packaging would be huge to start because I think that's where we the reduce piece comes in, right? We always talk about reducing, reusing, and recycling. Well, by the time it gets to recycling, we all know that's too big of a problem for our MRFs to handle. So if we could back up, start at the reduction phase and all of us, even the big guys, Amazon and everyone in between to yep. say, we don't need as much packaging, start there and then we can figure out the rest along the way. Absolutely, 100% agree. Reduce is the first step or, or refuse even. Like, hey, we don't need packaging for this. Let's, let's figure out a different way to deliver this to our consumer, whether it's like a vineyard doing a hand pickup, you know, on site or, you know, Let's, let's make it as easy as possible Yes. For, for everyone involved. And yeah, no, I totally agree. So you're also a consultant. Can you tell us a, about Bothwell Consultant? Sure. So I, ever since I had my children a few years ago, we'll go with <laughs> <laughs> Right. The consulting has helped me uh, be the mom I want to be and, and balance everything. And so I do a lot of ghostwriting for companies where my name's not necessarily attached, but you may have read some emails and mm. I help marketing for other sort of publishing, what used to be publishing companies. And now we're all sort of knowledge companies. So it's, it's been a really fun ride for me, the transition in my career from marketing to content it was a really natural one. It, I think the lines are blurring between actual marketing and content. It started with content marketing, but now I really am in content marketing and also editorial role too, because as you know, since you started your podcast and you do videos, it all kind of falls under the same umbrella. And as long as you're delivering value, I think that it all, it all, belongs in this certain area, which now for me is great because it's been, it's been so fun. And also, you know, when you create content, half the battle, even if you are someone like New York Times or Fox, then you have to amplify the content. So there's always been a marketing piece to it. So I think the lines logically blurred and it really has helped my career for sure. Well, it's impressive things that you're doing, Liz, and we appreciate your sustainability message. What do you think is the, the future of sustainability? Do you see it as circular packaging, reusable? You mentioned reducing. What other things are you seeing that, that are exciting to you? Oh, I'm super excited because there is, like you said, the reuse thing is refillables is big. And I think that's a bigger piece that needs to be explored because I think consumers want it. So who can make that available to them and where and the, the cost of that environmentally to do what that actually is and measuring that. So I think sustainability is, is circular. I think it's the only way that we can think about it because we really shouldn't be putting anything out there any longer without thinking the end of life and how it can be reused. And I think we're seeing that everywhere. We're seeing it in big CPG brands. I think, unfortunately, C a lot of the CPG brands get accused of greenwashing and things like that. But I also think we have to celebrate the wins along the way because they are trying. And there are firms like Closed Loop Partners who are working directly with companies, some of the CPG companies and the Recycling Partnership working with CPG companies to actually make it completely circular. So they're investing in companies that are trying to improve their footprint 
and use you know other materials that they hadn't been really encouraged to use before, but now they are. So they're investing in those companies, which keeps it circular and then fulfilling on the recycled content that they need down the road when they actually have to create more products. So I think it can be circular. I think it's a long road, yeah. but I think as long as all of us are in agreement that we are stakeholders at different stages and phases of the value chain, as long as we're willing to work together to find solutions, I, I think we will. And I think that's really just begun. I mean, you saw at sustainability talks, we had people in the room from manufacturers and um, brands all the way to the actual recyclers who deal with this. And that's what we need to do. We need to create that dialogue and make those folks come to the table together so that when we are creating products, we are thinking of end of life and we are using materials that can be a little more sustainable. Look, is garbage and waste ever going to go away? I would love to say it will, but it won't, right? I mean, I once interviewed someone on my podcast, he was a zero waste designer and he's doing amazing work. But one thing he said was, you have to get up every day and restart your zero waste journey because if you focus on what you're not doing well, you're not gonna feel good about what you are doing well. And we have to focus on progress and not perfection. And that really stuck with me. And I think that it's the same for packaging or anything yeah. else that we're trying to offset here. I. 100% agree with you. I'm excited about the future of, of what we're doing. Do you feel like the extended producer responsibility laws will, will fully take effect nationally? And do you feel like those laws will have a big effect on recycling? I do. I think that they're here to stay. I think, you know, you where you are, right? Yeah. And maybe yeah. it's already happening and we're seeing the impacts of that. And we're doing a session on that, specifically on those two states to see where it stands now at Waste Expo Together Online in September, oh, if, good. if folks want to follow along there. But it yes, there has to be some sort of producer responsibility and it, it varies. And I think there's an education component that needs to go with it, which is huge. And that's part of something that's being passed now with the Recycle Act. So there's, a, there's going to be EPR. It's just... How far reaching is it? Can it actually be national since waste and recycling is so regional? That I don't know. And someone I've interviewed on the podcast and who writes for us, Chaz Miller, he's been in recycling his entire life, more than 40 years now. He worries that EPR could actually create monopolies with a few manufacturers. So there's just so much to consider when you're thinking about this, that but, but it is happening and it will continue to happen and it has a place. It's just, what, what does it look like? So. Totally. Uh, the feedback I've read so far on the Oregon law that you're talking about, uh, extended producer responsibility, the production, the, the packaging producers are saying that it's going to cost them 30% more and it's only going to uh, increase recycling by 16%. So that Delta is upsetting to them. And if it's true, which I don't know why they would lie about that financial gain, probably, but I think that needs to be addressed. And how do we make it so it's not so it's not more costly, but it is more beneficial Absolutely. To, to everybody. Yes. Yeah. And like we, you and I have talked about in clubhouse rooms too, that educational components huge because at the end of the day, it's up to you and I yeah. to determine where that recycling goes. So 
as much as EPR can pay up force companies to pay on the front end, if you and I aren't taking care of it uh, at the tail end, it's all for naught. So there's individual right. responsibility as well. So it's, it's tricky, but yeah. behavior can change. And a lot of organizations are working on that with education, but I just think we need recycling and, and even EPR. It just needs to be simpler, like you said earlier, and yeah. hopefully that'll help us gain even more traction. I've talked about this quite a few times on the podcast, but I really like the, the models that have been created by Ridwell and Recyclops. Are you familiar with those companies? I've heard you talk about them before yeah. and we've covered them briefly. <laughs> I, like you said, if we make it so easy for the consumer that literally all they have to do is put it on their front porch, I don't, I don't think we can lose there. You know, I, I don't. You know, I've, I've just been a member of Ridwell for, or a customer for a couple of months. We've already filled our metal box full of plastic every Friday. And I just had no idea how much we were throwing away because we couldn't recycle that overwrap film plastics. It's, it's, it's overwhelming. But imagine if even just 5% of households did that. It, it's, it's a huge impact. It's huge. It definitely is. And more education about those programs being available, right? Because we're all demanding that it be better, but what else is out there that we can all do? Right. And that's easy to do. <laughs> it takes very little time and we get our kids involved and they learn about recycling and it's, it's really positive. So yeah. It really is. Thank you. Well, how do we get a hold of you, Liz, if we need to, to connect about uh, Waste360 or Waste Expo or, or Bothwell uh, Consulting? Oh, I think LinkedIn's probably my favorite social network these days. So it's Liz McKenna Bothwell on LinkedIn. And I'd love to hear from folks what their challenges are, what they'd like us to cover on the sustainability front. And I'm really curious about what people are doing, what materials they're using, what they see the future is, because there's just so much going on that it's mind blowing. And I just want to stay updated. And I know a lot of your listeners are doing great work. So I'd love to hear. Thank you. So I'll put a link to your uh, LinkedIn page on, on the notes of this show. And I do want to thank our sponsor, Landsberg Aurora, for their continued support of this podcast and my career. <laughs> so, yeah, thank you again, Liz, and, and just have a wonderful day. Appreciate you. Thank oh, you, Corey. Thank you. Chat with you soon. All right. This episode is sponsored by Specrite, the first purpose-built platform for specification management. So much has changed when it comes to packaging, and there's a new book to help you stay ahead of the curve, The Evolution of Products and Packaging, written by longtime packaging executive, Mr. Matthew Wright, helps you unpack industry trends and explains how you can use data to drive packaging, innovation, and sustainability. Download your free copy today at specright.com backslash book. That's S-P-E-C-R-I-G-H-T dot com backslash book.